Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! It's only been a few days since we last left you, but we're back on Thompson to Clark, and... Heading into the show, well, not even heading into the show, but last week after we were finishing up our episode, which came out on Thursday, I was like, hmm, we're coming back pretty soon. I wonder if we're going to have anything to talk about. And oh my God, we have so much to talk about. Because <laughs> I, I forgot that they were going to, that the draft was this weekend as well. Yeah. And so we have draft to talk about. We have uh, the end of the, uh, of the first half. Uh, before the All-Star break, I was at Saturday's game, so we can talk a little bit about that. Logan Webb, sh- first ever shutout, complete game. And uh, Alex Cobb, let's start with Alex Cobb. Uh, Alex Cobb, first time All-Star. That's that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's I mean, that's kind of a fun thing for him because I think he missed the, didn't he miss the All-Star game? Oh, gosh, it was like 10 years ago almost. Um, and no, well, I don't, I don't remember if it was exactly that long ago, but he was elected to the all-star game, but couldn't go because of, uh, of an injury. And so this is really his first time actually getting to go and him getting chosen. What was it like two days before it was the, the game yeah. that you were at, right. They announced yeah. it. Um, and so it was like two days before the all-star break. And, and so I think at that point he was like, okay. I'm not going to get injured. I'm going to be able to actually make this game this time. So, yeah. um, you know, we thought beginning of the season, we go, oh, Webb, you know, Webb's yeah. kind of a lock. He'll be in there. He'll be a starter. It didn't quite pan out, even though he had a fantastic start in the last game of the um, of the first half here. Um, but, man, congrats to Alex Cobb. That's pretty awesome. And taking nothing away from Alex Cobb, I, I don't mean anything by this, but I do wonder – if Logan wasn't scheduled to pitch on Sunday, I wonder if he would have got the Duke instead. Now, you can look at their uh, ERA, and Cobb's ERA is better. Uh, but the the one thing that stands out, and this is kind of a, a little bit of a funny stat for Cobb. So, Logan Webb, 126 uh, innings pitched, 117 hits. Alex Cobb is 89 innings pitched, 99 hits. So, that's yeah. the one thing that you're like, mm-hmm, there's there's a little bit of luck going on here, oh, yeah. or his ability to hold runners and, and pitch out of jams. But you know the the peripheral stats, the the ones that you go a little bit more deep inside. Logan has clearly had the better first half, but you know I still think it's really cool if it was if it had to do with you know was he going to be available to pitch? Then so be it. Logan wouldn't be have been able to play anyways because he was he pitched on Sunday, and we're yeah. thankful that he did because. He pitched uh, one of the better games of the season. He was able to go all nine innings, and they needed every bit of them because they only scored one run. And uh, I, you know, we we went into that series, and I was like, "Let's just sweep these guys. These guys are terrible." <laughs> and then they go out on Friday and they lay an egg. And <clears throat> and uh, Saturday, you know, Saturday wasn't m- much much better. It's not like they they scored a bunch of runs, but the ball was flying out to left field especially uh, there, there, there was some balls that were hit up in the air that I was pretty clear. The batters themselves were like, eh, this is probably not even going out to the warning track. And they went over the fence and uh, I, you know, the, 
I forget who it was, Conforto. Conforto hit a wall scraper into left field, and I was like, hey, everybody just, like, right-handers just pull the hell out of it and lefties just go the other way because the the ball was just flying out of there for about the first six innings. Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, it was a good, it was a good baseball game, uh, but it wasn't like the giants were necessarily tearing the cover off the baseball. What did they score? Like four runs all weekend or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Cause in, and then again, Sunday, you get a, you get a one, nothing win. The offensive is struggling, but it's because you got so many guys who are missing right mm-hmm. now. Um, so, but again, you, you win the games you're supposed to win, you win the series you're supposed to win. And then you can look at that and say, okay, you're on the right track. Cause it, very easily again, scoring one run yesterday, uh, Sunday, if Webb has any kind of hiccup and the Rockies scored two runs, the giants lose the series. Yeah. And then we're and then we're sitting here going, okay, let's go over these injuries again because <laughs> this is these are guys we need to have back. Um, they just drafted a two way player. Can't have him start. The yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we it's like we need pitching. We need healthy pitching. We need healthy hitting. We need healthy base running. We need yeah. the ankles, healthy knees, healthy yeah. everything. Right now, it's just everybody's so banged up. By the way, I was I was kidding they scored more than four runs but not much more than four what, runs. was it like five no they scored eight <laughs> runs so they eight on runs, saturday the game that i was at they scored five so yeah there you go. um but yeah on uh friday i think they they only scored what two so yeah i you know the the, the rockies thank we're thank very thankful for the rockies because they you know i was watching i was like you know because they have a couple good players now, if, if this was a team from about three years ago, you'd go, wow, Chris Bryant and CJ Crone on the same team. That's actually pretty cool. And neither guy is really doing anything this year. I think uh, I saw Chris Bryant, his slugging percentage is like under 400. And man, you know, we, we, I'm you're not, not to say that I'm glad that he's not doing well, but man, I'm glad the Giants didn't re sign him because, you know, <laughs> maybe they knew something at, at the end of the 2021 season. But uh, yeah, he's struggling and, their team is just really bad baseball team. So I, every pitcher they brought in had an ERA of like six or higher when I was there. I was like, this is well, not the, good. <laughs> Chris Bryan has been hurt so much too the last yeah. couple of seasons. And, you know, when we got him, he was an injury prone guy too uh, in the trade and, and got a little banged up at the end of the season. So, you know, that's, that's a tough one because at that point we were, you know, at one 107 games gone to the playoffs and, uh you lost to the Dodgers in, in the best of five. But but at that point you're going, Oh, you know, maybe we are just a a Chris Bryan away. You know, that that that's the guy. We gotta re-sign him and keep pushing and going forward. But uh how many times we gotta say this? Trust the process. <laughs> Trust the process. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um so you know, they, they come out of the first half, uh forty nine <laughs> and forty one. And, you know, I think, uh, I mean, you know, we're, we're going to talk about some, some predictions that we made at the end of this show. I can't say that I'm disappointed in any way of how this first half went on. You know, we always want them to win a hundred games. We always want them to, you know, be in first place. But if you told me 49 to 41, two and a half games out of first and right in the mix for that third wild card, I'm like, Hey, I'm in, let's do it. I'll take it. And so I think Giants fans, uh, you know, should be pretty satisfied with how they played so far. Now you would have tried to have me committed if I would have told you after, uh, after let's say April, that they were going to be forty nine and forty one. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, you would have said, "What the hell are you talking about, man?" <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because they started so terribly, and you know, we always love those stats because you could make stats, you know, look fantastic or look terrible because if you know if yeah. you're a Dodgers fan and you go you know come on Giants were like the worst team in baseball in April and then Giants fans could go oh yeah take away April we're the best team in baseball so. yeah <laughs> for sure man I mean they, they've cooled off a little bit lately but still it's uh you know just kind of cruising along here and 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 winning series still and I mean yeah they lost a couple on the east coast but that it, you know humidity travel massive amount of injuries not making excuses but at least they won you know they they won one game in each series uh before coming home and then continuing on kind of on their winning ways then they open up 
at Pittsburgh, at Cincinnati. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a long road in the second half. So the Giants have got to get some guys. Rested. Cincinnati's hot, man. Oh man, young, Elegant. young. They're they're like the yeah. hum baby two team that that we're trying to be. So. Oh yeah, Ellie Dela Cruz by himself uh, could beat you. I mean, oh, that guy man. is just unbelievable. If you've never even heard of him or seen him, you know, yeah, watch this guy when he plays against the Giants. The guy is just insane. I think everyone has probably seen it by now if you're paying attention to baseball. Yeah, where he steals second, and then he steals third, and then he steals home. That was like a little league play. That was like exactly. I remember <laughs> there was a kid when I was uh, I don't know, I was probably like. 10 or 11 years old. His name was Derek Bass. And he was so fast that if he hit a ground ball to, uh, you know, say there was a, there was like a runner on runner on first, like, you know, that your only play is at second base because he is beating it out. No matter what, (laughs) he was so fast, anything in the dirt, he's swiping the base. and, And so you just have no chance. And that's what I was thinking about with Ellie. I was like, man, the, all the pitcher did was take his eye off of him, and he just yeah. races home. I, I, I like the, this is little league. I like they didn't catch it, so the because uh, even the cameras they weren't ready for it, and so the cameraman just looked. Her cameraman was on first base, and first baseman got a glove just pointing to the pitcher, like, "Hey, he's going <laughs> home." <laughs> By the way, we have the home run derby on in the mm-hmm. background here. We'll kind of keep you updated. Who won the first matchup, Brad? So first matchup was Adolis Garcia. There it is. Yeah, you know what? And so I gave you this yeah. bracket earlier. Well, it turns out what they're going to do is reseed. Oh, okay. After the first round, so so they just don't um, want us to have any fun whatsoever. No, I know, but still, I I still have my 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 final round matchup, and I think you picked a final round matchup mm-hmm. also. So at least we have that. Um, so the first round, Adolis Garcia, there you see number four seed, uh, Randy Arozarena, number five seed. Arozarena just destroyed him. Um, I think he hit 28 or 29 home runs. Let's see. Uh, they just had it up there. I think he hit 28 home runs. Um, and just now we had a walk-off. Uh, Louis Bob, Luis Robert Jr., uh, hit a home run, number 28, to break the tie against Adley Rushman, who had – uh, 27. I was kind of shocked. Yeah. You know, the young, the young kid decided to play in the, in the, uh, home run derby and hit 27 home runs. At one point he only had like 16 with about a minute left. I go, well, that's it. And then he blasted off 10 more. He had a nice little Bryce Harper thing going on. Didn't, you know, had the, had the like head, head thing that yeah. uh, had the hair flowing a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of style cool. there from the guy. And then he, he got beat out. <laughs> All right, let's just let's just say it here. Well, let's just give our predictions here because yeah, yeah. my uh prediction was a Rosarena and Alonzo in the finals. Now you're saying that they recede. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering, you know, if it's not Alonzo, I'd love to see J Rod in there. Uh, obviously, Vladdy Jr. is is a banger, but he's he's having a tough year. But I, you know, J Rod or Alonzo, just because Pete Alonzo is the best guy I've ever seen do this. And this yeah. is going back like a long, long time. Like we've seen Bonds, we've seen Big Mac, we've seen Ken Griffey Jr., we've seen Sosa. So, uh, but I think Alonzo might be the best guy I've ever seen. So I'm going Alonzo to win the whole thing. Uh, but La- did uh, he won what two years ago? Right? He's won twice actually. Okay. Yeah, he's won two, and then uh, last year he got beat by Julio Rodriguez, who yeah. was facing in the first round here. Yeah, and and Julio Rodriguez, uh, I mean, this is in Seattle, so the crowd is just geeked for him. So I'm sure they're going to do that as the last, the last of the first uh, round matchup. Yeah, the last of the first round. So you're going to get Betts and Vladdy Jr. next. I had Vladdy Jr. winning that round against Betts. I had Adolis winning, Louis Bob winning, so I, I got one wrong there. Um, I think Pete Alonso is going to win the whole thing. Like you said, I think he's going to face Luis Robert. I mean, you saw him, Luis Robert, just crushing. Very easy he, swings, too. Yeah, I think he had his Holy walk-off, cow. number 28, and he still had like 45 seconds left. So, I mean, I, I can't even imagine if he had full time, he could probably hit like 35, 36. So, yeah, it would be pretty crazy. All right, we'll, we'll keep – 
you up to date as far as what's going on now this this thing usually goes about 24 hours so we'll be (laughs) off the air before then Uh, i can't believe how long the home run derby goes really you're just swinging and hitting home runs guys we can make this like an hour and a half goes deep deep into the night deep deep into the night (laughs) all right so let's let's get back on uh on some stuff you know the the one negative i think uh that we have to talk about is uh kyle harrison it, it sounded like there were plans to get him involved in the rotation in the second half, and they're going to try and, you know, they, they're basically dancing around three starters. It's Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, and Anthony DeSclafani. And when you talk about Cobb and DeSclafani, you're talking about guys who have been injured, you know, a decent amount of their career. So not the most dependable guys, uh, but... I think Harrison was going to kind of sneak in and and be the fourth guy there for them at some point in the second half. He hurt his hamstring. And so that's going to delay things. But I saw Andy Baggerly said that because he is more than likely still on an innings count, this could actually help if he's pitching well into September. And, you know, our hope is that they're going to be playing some big baseball games in, in September so that's going to be interesting as far as how they get him involved. But, yeah, it's kind of a bummer because we've been chomping at the bit for Harrison to get out there just like we were for Matos, just like we were for Bailey, Schmidt. So it would be nice to see him. And it sounds like that is the plan. It's just unfortunate for him that he got hurt, so they may have to postpone those plans just a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, he was going to be on a on innings limit anyway. So, I mean, this might just kind of stretch it out. And like you said, he could be ready for September. And, uh, you know, if let's let's say he was healthy and, and came up right after the All-Star break or somewhere around there. He was going to be shut down at some point anyways. So there's a chance, um, you know, say he's out a month, month and a half. He comes back and, and then and then we see him in September and he's uh difference maker in the in in the starting rotation for the giants going forward i mean the giants the way the giants do things they don't necessarily have a starting rotation they have a like two or three guys who you're going to see all the time and then just a, a hodgepodge of, of everybody else so harrison imagine imagine the other team right you're the you're the dodgers yeah. dave roberts is kind of putting together his lineup and kapler's like we're not going to say anything until right before the game starts because <laughs> exactly. we want to run out in surprise Ryan Walker, baby. And then, uh, and then Dave uh, Roberts is like, who cares, dude? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. crappy Ryan Walker. No, or, 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 Ryan or Walker's yeah. not crappy, but I'm just saying no. like the idea <laughs> that there's like a sneak attack on this, like, yeah, if you sneak attack and you go, yeah, I'm bringing back Tim Linscombe in his prime as a sneak attack. That's a real sneak <laughs> attack, but not like Ryan Walker, Keaton Wynn to throw one or two innings. So that's what they did on Saturdays. Ryan Walker comes out. And, you know, I was sitting in front of, and I had to keep my mouth shut. I, I wanted to really help these guys, but, you know, they're they're Giants fans, but they, they are not like us. They're not yeah. up to the day-to-day, but they're kind of like, they kind of know what's going on. You know, you could tell they listen to KMBR or whatever. And so they had no idea what was going on with Ryan Walker. They're like, who is this guy? I don't oh, even know. No. I've never seen him pitch. Like, he's not a <laughs> starter. What is what is going on? Like, they were really confused. And I was just listening to them because I like to hear what normal fan, like not obsessed, like problematic fans like us. I'm talking about, you know, normal casual fan. Yeah, we're pretty problematic. <laughs> we could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, you know, they didn't know Ryan Walker. And then uh, Alex Wood came in, and Alex Wood pitched awesome on Saturday. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Alex Wood, wait, was is my mind playing tricks on me? Did he start the game? I'm like, come on, guys. Oh, so I was no. a right-hander. So you know what's the yeah, All you have to do is open the MLB uh, app, guys. Yeah, come yeah. on. <laughs> so they didn't understand the idea of an opener. They didn't understand why the Giants uh, use their staff in this way. So I thought that was, you know, that was, yeah, you know, it would be good for you know whatever crook and kite maybe crook and crook and kite do do this they sort of explain why you would do this or why you would run you know the sky out now I, I was thinking about it i was like eh, you know because my buddy was with me uh edson uh he and i have been friends since like gosh since we were like 13 years old or something and we hadn't been to a game in a little while so he and i went on saturday and so i was explaining to him kind of why they do it um 
you know, what the reason to have an opener and why you'd bring in Alex Wood, who may probably not able to throw seven innings right now, but he can throw four or five. And, you know, you're going to get his best four or five innings. You know, he doesn't have to worry about saving himself as much. And same with Ryan Walker, who comes in. He can just throw as hard as he wants for, you know, an inning. And uh, But I, I, I do get it. It is very understandable how this does not make sense to conventional wisdom that a baseball fan is used to, right? The idea of an opener. Yeah, and so how uh, that kind of goes in hand in hand with how do you get guys and 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 not guys but families in general? How do you get people to come to the ballpark when it's like I don't know if I want to pay money to go see Ryan Walker start today, and then Alex Wood take over. Uh, but but you got to buy your tickets in advance for the most part if it's a Saturday or a Sunday and you want to bring the family out. Um, so that kind of plays into it a little bit. But, I mean, ultimately you want to win ball games, and that's what the Giants did on Saturday. So it, I, I admit, man, this was tough for me as a baseball fan when the opener first started. Yeah. Because, you know, when we're kids – what was one of the most fun things to do when you're playing a video game? Build your best five-man <laughs> rotation. You know, get the best five starters. I'm going to get Clemens, Gooden, Saberhagen. You know, you grab all the best yeah. pitchers. Yeah. I'd always throw Kruko in there too. I'd have I'd have the the best, and then I Kruko would be my fifth starter. Yeah, but but so when they introduced that the opener, I was like. Well, that's just an odd concept. I don't enjoy it. I, I don't really think I like it because I like to watch my pitchers go seven and eight innings and push for that ninth inning. And um, that was I, very important to Logan Webb yesterday, right? Yeah. Like that was a absolutely. big deal to him for that reason that you just said. Yeah, a hundred percent. And he is one of the he's one of the throwbacks, man. He'll he will give you those nine innings. He will push to give you those nine innings. Um, other guys, I'm sure, and I'm not saying Alex Wood is not that type of guy either, but he just doesn't have that stuff anymore. I mean, he's used in a strategic way where the Giants are able to win ball games with him rather than start him have him go to the fifth or sixth, then bring in Ryan Walker, then bring in, you know, it's just a little bit of a reverse. It kind of throws the hitters off a little bit. You may have to build your lineup a little bit differently as an opposing manager. It's just a little bit of trickeration. It's nothing. I mean, it's nothing that's like changing the game or, or made everything different. So I've embraced it because after I've seen it for a few years now, I'm like, okay, I get it. I understand it. And, and I'm definitely okay with it at this point. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out of market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. It, the idea of it, if you have it explained to you, makes a ton of sense. Like I just said, Ryan Walker can come out in the first inning. He's like the reverse closer. He attacks the top of their order. And you hope to get through that first inning and maybe even a second with a guy throwing as hard as he possibly can with his best stuff. And then you bring in your long guy who doesn't have to throw seven, 
he can throw four and he can throw out of his ass and then you yeah. bring in <laughs> your your closer and your setup guy and and you have every possible pitcher you know theoretically throwing uh, and not really having to preserve any energy i that's the idea uh yeah. and, you know but what you said about it in the beginning of this uh, of what you were saying is the actual marketing of a starting pitcher Lincecum day right Lincecum day was always sold out Rally Enchilada. Rally Enchilada. Rhyme Vogel song. Matt Kane, even though you knew the Giants were only scoring two runs when he pitched. <laughs> yeah. When you bought a ticket to a Matt Kane game, <laughs> you really just kind of prayed for some offense because he always felt so bad for the guy. <laughs> but that that is a big thing, especially to this fan base who really, you know, Madison Bumgarner was a, a, a big a big deal. Every time he pitched, you're like, man, there's a chance I'm going to get to see a no hitter every time Madison Bumgarner took the mound. So that you miss that, you don't have that with the with the right. opener idea. And and I'm very thankful that baseball has not become uh, starting an opener every game, right? Because right. you could see that becoming. Now I think starting pitchers will always be valuable, but if as the evolution of arms goes and the way that they're treating arms you could see baseball going to where you only expect five innings out of your out of your top guy because every guy throws 101 miles an hour (laughs) right and you go okay we're gonna we're gonna get the opener in we're gonna bring in whoever you know jacob Degrom 2.0 is in 10 years he's gonna be throwing 110 miles an hour but we only expect five innings out of him because then we have three more relievers who all throw over a hundred, and that's how we win ball games. You could totally see that going uh, in the future, but you know that'll be a marketing thing. I think you just really have to teach the fans what's going on. Like the, like they've done a really good job, Major League Baseball, of teaching the fans about why the pitch clock is important because these games end so quickly, and it's great, and you have to pay attention because you're not going to be there for four hours. Uh, you know, we may not like the extra innings rule. But they taught us how it works and it makes sense as to how it works. And, you know, so I think this is just another thing as the evolution of the game and openers. Like, how about just teach the fans about why this thing works? Why don't why don't we have videos on YouTube and TikTok about why openers <laughs> make sense? Right? Like, that's how you get, get yeah. to reach the young fans, right? Yeah. So, now, yeah. do you think these guys who were sitting in front of you, though, do you think they went home and, and thought, well, that, you know, that was a great strategy. That was kind of innovative. I enjoyed it. I might go back to another game and I'm on board with what the Giants are doing. No, I think they really checked the box score the next morning to see who Ryan Walker <laughs> was. <laughs> Yeah, they went immediately. They probably don't know what baseball baseball reference is, but they probably yeah. went to the web and they're like, Ryan Walker. <laughs> Speaking of yeah. box scores, the LA Times has their sports section is doing away with box scores. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. As as kids, what did we do? First thing in the morning, you grab the San Jose Mercury News and you look at the box scores. They're doing away with it because they got rid of their printing press and their, their new deadline is 3 p.m. Oh, geez. So they can't, yeah, so they can't print any box scores the next day. So how do you have that. a how do you run a website though and have a deadline so early? Ah, uh, who knows? I don't know. That's insane. Well, I mean, the website that's that's going to continue to have all the stuff, but, but oh, okay, the printed got it, edition got it, got of the it. LA the, Times, the actual yeah. paper, got it. Pr- printed edition of the LA Times, gone. There are no more box scores. But I, I mean, you, I, I say that, but do you and I get a printed paper? No, I don't. No, so I don't. no. You know, <laughs> there was a there was a time when I was holding out. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. San Jose Mercury News has been so good to me. I'm going to be good to them. And then at some point, this was probably in the mid 2000s. I was like, I have a long commute to work. (laughs) I don't actually have time. By the time I get to the paper, it's like in the middle of the day. This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. You've read all the news on your phone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or even back then before that, before I even had an iPhone, you would just go to, you know, whatever the website was Yahoo or, you know, whatever the website that you followed yeah. your team. So, yeah, I can't imagine, you know, there these people are still employed, though, who cold call you for the newspaper because the Mercury News is one of the holdouts. They will not 
share their website for free. You still have to pay for the newspaper in order to get access to their website. Are they a Gannett paper? Is that why? Probably. Reno Gazette Journal here, same thing. They're a Gannett paper. So I can go, I can click on links and I can read some stories. But if I get to that third story, yeah, I got to pay for it. I ditched that paper because it was about... About that thick, <laughs> about that thick, like three pages in it. And I finally said, now nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Let's see. Uh, I think we're going to talk about the, the draft picks here though. The set, day two of the draft happened today. I don't know too much about it. So we'll just talk about day one. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk about what we are drinking because I've been teasing this one for a couple weeks. Yeah. Here. Uh, I had mentioned that my wife for my birthday had got me a scotch subscription. I think it's a monthly subscription. So I'm going to have scotch until the end of the year, you know, hey, by the time I get that third bottle. But this is the thing. this is the first bottle. And um, I don't know if you can read that. Alexander yeah. Murray and Company, Milton Duff Distillery, age 17 years. Uh, so the... The service, I forget the name of the service, but if anybody is interested in trying to check it out, send me an email, gg at bspnmedia.com, and I'll figure out what the what the services that that we used to get this. But, you know, I, I made this proclamation at the beginning of the year. I said, I'm just going to go ahead into scotch. Like, I love bourbon. I will always love bourbon, but I want to see what the scotch stuff is all about. And I've, like... Head first, man. Like I've just, <laughs> I've just dove right into the deep end with this stuff. And I mean, you know, the thing about it that I like now, you know, I think, you know, I, as we get older, you got to be a little bit more careful and you got to be kind to your liver. Um, yes. But it's, it's all about kind of like a, it becomes a feeling thing. Like you have a feeling of, if I'm going to have a drink, do I want bourbon or do I want scotch? Like there's a feeling now based on the palate, it's based on the taste. Um, there are some nights where I'm like, clearly a bourbon. I just want a glass of bourbon. But there yeah. are some days where I'm like, you know what? I do want the scotch. It's a little, it's a little bit more complicated of a taste. Um, it's 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 different. And I I'm really getting into it and I really enjoy it. And there is the sort of the mystery behind it too, for me, as far as like, what's good, what's not, why is this so much more expensive than this and doing the taste test. Okay. Here's the 20 bottle, $20 bottle of whiskey. Here's the $50 bottle of whiskey. Why is this one different? What's the, so that aspect of it, like the kind of like the learning about it, I think is, is a lot of fun. So that's a big part yeah. of, uh, of, of the journey here. So I'm really enjoying it. But I also tried it a, a little bit differently. Like you see, um, whenever I drink it neat, I have the thinner uh, head of the glass. This oh, one's okay. a little thicker. Yeah. And I did throw a small ice cube in it as well because I mostly just drink scotch neat. But I was like, you know what? It's really hot outside. Let's try it with a, a little tiny ice cube. And uh, I'm really enjoying it like this. Yeah, the bourbon glasses are great because they have the the little more open top to them. Um, the scotch glasses with that more yeah. closed down. Yeah, more narrow. It. Yeah, sometimes you get, I mean, if you get a whiff from from the from the scotch glasses, the Glen Cairns, oh man, sometimes it'll like, yeah, you won't, you'll end up with no nose hairs after that. <laughs> if you really wanted to clean out, don't get the razor, just get the just get the glass, take a whiff. No, no Vicks vapor rub, huh? You just no. sniff of the scotch. <laughs> I'm jealous, man. That is awesome. I I love to get into scotch i have my go-to bottles i have mm -hmm. like three or four bottles that are my go-to they are so pricey that it takes me like a year to get through a bottle you got to man you scotch. can't just yeah. be slurping that stuff down quickly that's an expensive no hobby. way yeah because even like i love lafroig yeah lafroig 10-year smoky pd but man it's like up to 60 65 bucks yeah. now so when i get it and i go i usually buy it around like the holidays like November or so. And then it lasts me all the way until like October, yeah. November of the next year or so. Absolutely. Yeah. Now this guy doesn't because he's only like eleven ninety nine. That's <laughs> I had some Evan Williams bourbon, which again for eleven ninety nine for the price you get uh, Evan Williams for, this stuff is still just phenomenal. I mean it it is a great bang price. for your buck. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mix, I don't usually mix it. I usually go straight. Um, but I, I, we have a couple of new guys in it in our department and I've been doing a lot of training. So I don't know if you can hear my voice, but I'm talked out. Oh, so wow. I, I was like, well, I'm going to put it in some ice with a Zevia caffeine free cola. There you go. And, uh, and just sip on it. So I've got, yeah, I got my, I, I'm, I'm truly sipping on it. I'm taking my time with it, but this is, I think the first time I've mixed Evan Williams in anything mm-hmm. and it will not be my last time. Cause that is, I mean, it, it tastes sweet and you really get the Evan Williams flavor from, from the mixer like that. So, um, yeah, I'll be doing that going forward for sure, man. And I've, you know, I've done the Brad thing where I will have the Zevia ginger ale just hanging out in the refrigerator and, you know, you could mix it with tequila or you could mix it with bourbon. And I have the, you know, the, the Trader Joe's bourbon, I got the Terramana tequila for the mixer. So I, I you know, I, I take, uh, take Brad's advice on, on the Zevia is, is really good. Well, and, and I like it because if you're going to have one drink, at night, say it's a it's a one drink night, but you're gonna sit down and watch like Lego Masters with kids, <laughs> or you know something fun. Yeah, uh, you're gonna watch some shows. You've got that, you know, twelve ounces of cola and the two sh- ounce shot, so you've got like fourteen ounces uh, with some ice to sip on for a while. And it takes you a long time to drink it, so it's not like you know. Sometimes I'll have a twelve ounce beer; it's really hot, Corona light. I'll drink that sucker way too fast. And mm-hmm. like, well, that was my one drink for the night. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, by the way, if the home run derby was about who could actually hit the ball and have the outfielders catch it on the warning track the most, Mookie Betts would be winning this thing. Yeah, that was not a great performance. <laughs> and you know what? Mookie Betts is a great baseball player, and if he sure. wasn't on the Dodgers, he would be one of my favorite non-Giants. But since he is on the Dodgers, I just want him to lose everything. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, he he is. I don't know if he's done. Is he done or or is he's he done? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He lost to um to Vladdy. Vladdy Jr. had yeah, like twenty six, and I. Yeah. And what did Mookie have, like 17? Well, he had 11, and he hit like seven in a row on the warning track, and then I, oh, okay, yeah, then yeah. I lost track of what was going on. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about the draft that the Giants just had. And, you know, the, the thing about the NBA draft and the, and the NFL draft is because the way that they market this, this draft is we know a lot of the players – as as the draft is coming up but baseball has never been like that there were times when giants had you know very high picks and you know we've got to go back quite a ways and you know 1984 85 time frame and like yeah i absolutely knew who will clark was 100 percent knew who will clark was watch will clark in the college world series knew exactly who the giants had their eye on and uh, when he was drafted by them you're like yep i know that guy he's gonna be great but when you have a lot of high school players go uh, and, you know, the college world series did make a comeback this year. It did, uh, you know, some of the highest ratings that I think that it's ever done. So they were able to talk a lot about some of these guys coming out. Uh, but still, did you know who, um, who's the kid's uh, name that they drafted first? Uh, Bryce Eldridge. Did you know who Bryce Eldridge was before the giants picked him yesterday? Did not. No, I, you know, and honestly, and even though we play the show and we hear about all the, the young kids and everything else, it's just not something the draft, like you said, the draft players are just not talked about. Um, and they are, if you, if you watch MLB, the show, or no, sorry, I apologize, MLB Network. Yeah. If you watch MLB Network, yeah, there's some shows on there where they'll touch on the on the the draft, and they had some draft shows heading up. So if I would have watched those for the last like month, I would have I would have seen that. But again, like I talked about last year, the problem is with Major League Baseball is that you draft these players, and you may not see them for four or five years, especially if the Giants are drafting eighteen year olds. It's probably going to be, you know, at least three years, more likely four, five, maybe even six. But, you know, once you start getting into control and six-year control and all of that stuff, you really want to get these guys up so you can see what they can do in the majors before you start figuring out what to do. 
uh, like Elio Ramos, Joey Bart. Um, but no, I, I, I honestly, I, and even the guy who went number one, never heard of him before, but that's, again, that's, that's my own ignorance for not kind of catching up on this stuff before it all started. Well, the college world series, Dylan Cruz was kind of the guy who was, you know, he, he was the well-known guy coming out of LSU golden spikes winner. Uh, many people thought that he probably should have went number one, but the pirates, you know, signability has something to do with this when you are yeah. in the small market uh, of the pirates. Um, and, but you know, this, the guy that they took is, is a, is a really, really good pitching prospect. Uh, but it, it's not the, uh, the, the, it's not the golden spikes winner who, you know, was the, the guy who is the best hitting prospect, uh, in, yeah. in, in the thing. And who, who I think I was reading Keith law said he thinks Cruz could actually start in high a at the end of this year, wow. be in double a to start next year. And then by the middle and end of next year, you're already talking about an opportunity for him to make the big club. That's really cool. That's yeah. what the fans want to root for. Right. They're like, yeah, you know, they're going to put a clock on Dylan Cruz and go, okay, we're going to follow him. He's going to jump through all these classes and then he's going to be on the big club before we know it. That's what you want to root for when it comes to this draft. And that's part of the problem, which is what you said is there's no immediate benefit to really learning who these guys are because you're not going to see them. Now, if you do a podcast like us and you read Roger Munter, who I, you know, I read his uh, recap of the top three picks. Uh, I, I met, I, I read uh, Melissa Lockhart's recap of the top, or actually it was a preview and she actually predicted both of the giants first two picks. And, you know, then you read Keith law and you go, okay. And you have a little bit of like a Monday morning quarterback view of what's going on. So who is Bryce Eldridge high school kid out of uh, James Madison high school in Virginia, the American Otani is hey. what they call him. <laughs> which means he's a two-way guy. Now, no most of the prognosticators, the smart people, you know, the the baseball prospectus guys, as you can see my hat, I had Jared on the show a couple weeks ago when Brad was on vacation. Uh, they think that he's mostly going to be a first baseman, power-hitting first baseman. Now, he's 6'7", and uh, Keith Law was writing about how the height of players actually can work against you as you age. Uh, and, you know, I think the the outlier is Aaron Judge, right? Aaron Judge is dominating still. Uh, and so, you know, you look at it and you go, okay, is Bryce Eldridge, who uh, is 6'7 and, you know, 18 years old, he could get even taller. <laughs> is, is he going to be Aaron Judge? Or is it going to be like Damon Minor? Like you remember Damon Minor? Oh yeah, the Giants had you know he's like a really tall first baseman who just had a giant hole in his swing. But the uh, the description is that he has a very short swing, so he doesn't have a very you know this long looping swing. And he modeled it after Bryce Harper, so that sounds great to me. If you have a swing that you you know want to model after, Bryce is a great one. But again, you know, like you said, we're just not going to know a lot now. You know, will he even get to San Jose this year? Probably not. We're probably thinking next year he's going to be in San Jose. Yeah. And so it's going to be a long road. You know, Reggie Crawford, who the Giants picked last year, the same kind of two-way player, though he's flipped a little bit in that they believe that Crawford's uh, rise to the majors is going to be as a pitcher, not as a hitter, whereas they think the way Eldridge gets the big club is as a hitter. You know, he's currently in San Jose, so... There's there's a little bit of a uh, of a long tail in in trying to follow these guys, but I you know I'm I'm excited. I want to see this giant hulking six seven dude with the you know if, if you're watching on YouTube you can see the graphic with the uh, the Sean Jelly mustache. You know I'm sure <laughs> there's going to be pictures of these guys standing next to each other six ten Sean Jelly and six seven Bryce Eldridge. Uh, so, you know, what, what are your thoughts on just the idea of these two way guys? You know, I like it. I guess Reggie Crawford and, and, and him have already been in touch just kind of, you know, about their, their skills and, and being in the same organization. Now I like it because like I, like I had tweeted out last night, the fun thing is you've got, 
you know, and by the way, Julio Rodriguez in the home run derby just put on an absolute display. I mean, he went nuts in the last minute and hit 32 home runs in the first round. That's I know he's crazy. not having like the crazy year. Right. But my gosh, if yeah, you're a that's... young baseball fan, <laughs> how do you not just, how is he not your favorite player? Exactly. No, he's, he's the guy you root for just because he has all the tools and he's super, uh, you know, charismatic and fun yeah. to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I like the fact that the Giants are taking two-way players because then again, if if you get, it, you know, let's say he does, his power sticks and it is what it is. Awesome. The Giants are really thin in the minor league system at first base. That That's great for the Giants. Well, let's say he throws, I mean, he throws mid-90s. Well, let's say he keeps throwing mid-90s and, and Giants get him under control and everything and, and he's great on the mound. I mean, that, that's another win. And, and if um, he can do both, that's fantastic. That's a steal of the draft. Um, how is the game going to change in, in four or five years? If, if, you know, there are more and more two way players, is this going to be a type of guy who can play first base? And then all of a sudden in the eighth inning, you need him to come in and throw 95. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know because, is it is it one of those situations where he's not going to be an eighth inning guy? He's not going to be a, a seventh inning guy because they need to train a different way. Um, is training going to be looked at differently? Because you look at Shohei and you just say, well, that guy's just, I mean, that's how he grew up. That's who he is. That's how he was in Japan. And that's how he is here. So I don't, I don't know if the the ways of training have to change for it to be more of an accepted thing because with Reggie Crawford and and now with um, Bryce Eldridge, I, all I keep hearing is, well, he's going to be more of a pitcher or he's going to be more of a hitter. But they drafted him this, and and, and he won't probably won't pitch eventually, but but he'll hit. Well, why are you drafting two way players if you're not going to at least entertain it and kind of see how it goes and and put the training around these guys to um, you know, to cultivate them and, and to say, we're going to try it. We're going to see if we can have three or four guys on the roster who can pitch and hit because that, I mean, that just expands your roster tremendously. And then you can have more Brett Wisely's on your team. If you do now, I don't just, I, Brett, I, Brett I, Wisely, by the way, I like him. the uh, hair was flowing flow. when yeah. I saw him start on Saturday. I was like, my goodness, how did he grow this thing out so quickly? I think Julio just hit nine more home runs. <laughs> he did. He's got 41 home runs in the first round. Imagine Pete Alonso going like, um, <laughs> don't you want to see us in the finals? Why did you match us yeah, up in the first exactly. round? Why did you do Why is I, I guess they seeded based on... Um, Whoever had the most home runs on July 4th. Come on, MLB. That's how they seeded it. You know what the tiebreaker was? Whoever no. had the most home runs since, uh, I think it was like a, a, another certain day. Why not whoever hit the longest home run yeah. this season is a tiebreaker? Because, you know, it's a home run derby. I know. Who am I? All right. Second pick for the Giants yesterday was Walker Martin. Uh, he was somebody who... Everything that I've read said that the Giants were actually interested him in him at 16. So they got him at 52. I have no idea why he he was available at 52 if he was so great, but he led all of high school in home runs with 20 home runs in 29 games. Yes. He hit 633. Who was he playing against? Was he playing against the freshman team? What's going on here? Yeah. Uh, Gatorade Player of the Year in Colorado. And uh, just uh, he, he was compared to Harold Reynolds said he saw a lot of Chipper, Chipper Jones in, in Martin's game. And then uh, the kid said, I see more of my swing as Bryce Harper. So we got another Bryce Harper comparison there. And then he said, as an infielder, I feel like I fit the Corey Seager look. Hopefully he means the uh, the Rangers version of Corey and not the Dodgers oh, yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think about this guy? Uh, you know, I think that was a good pick. Um, Giants could always use 
more infielders, more infielder depth. Well, they, and they're saying he may not stick at shortstop or third base, right? Is pretty much what I mean on this team who can stick to their one position yeah and that's the thing is you got to be able to if you're a San Francisco giant and in the organization you probably have at least three or four positions in your resume um but yeah it's it's, uh, you know going high school and then high school that's it's a little bit tough because again you got young kids and, and you're waiting to see them kind of grow into uh uh, uh, men, baseball players. Um, so you always wonder like, you know, what's the frame going to look like in two or three years. Uh, but the giants are good. The giants are, uh, organization is very good with, uh, getting these guys, uh, on, on the nutrition, on the, uh, bulking up, um, getting them to grow into who they are sticking with their tools, not trying to change them. Um, so yeah, good pick. Uh, again, a, a guy who could have been a first rounder, right? So two two first rounders, and uh, and then I think we have a third coming, right? Pete Alonso is going to have to get on a roll here. He's he, yeah, he's, he's hitting a lot seven. of balls to right field, a lot of balls to right field, and this this uh, the pitching uh, the the pitcher batting practice pitcher here is throwing a lot of balls that are a little high. <laughs> <laughs> that one was high in a way, and he yanked it out. Yeah. He's, yeah, he, I mean, but when he gets one in his happy zone, holy cow. Oh, yeah, he's a mammoth. Uh, all right, so the third player that they drafted, and this pick came because of the Carlos Rodon, uh, le- the free agency, Carlos Rodon leaving in free agency. And this is uh, a college player. So, uh, gosh, where did I where did I put his name? No, I forgot it. Uh, left-hander. Uh, the, I guess uh, there was a shortage of left-handed pitching in this draft, so the Giants got the. I believe it's the second, uh, the second left-handed pitcher in the draft, which uh, I believe uh, I believe it was Keith Law said like no pitcher, no left-handed pitcher had gone so low in a draft before ever. Uh, so the Giants got um, Joe Whitman out of Kent State, so college guy. And I think, you know, they're on, they're kind of on the Wizen Hunt trail. They're trying to find guys, you know, at the tail end of, of the second round that fit that with Wizen Hunt. And Wizen Hunt has grown through the organization a bunch this year. So they think that they maybe got another guy like him who can rise through levels pretty quickly uh, as a pitcher in the organization. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's good. Again, left-handed pitcher could always use him. Uh, you know, fantastic. Uh, and again, another guy who they talked about possibly being a first rounder. So the guys, the Giants, really got three players um, who should have been first rounders. They got three players in the first in the first three rounds who should have been first rounders. So um, I'm trying to find who they ended up drafting today. Uh, day two, it says they went heavy on middle infielders because, you know, like you said, can never have enough guys who play all over the place. <laughs> yeah, they they drafted a guy to Tennessee uh, with their first four-round pick. Maui Ahuna is his oh, name. Like shortstop. That. Another shortstop. So they went uh, – actually, no, sorry. That was their fourth-round pick. Their third-round pick was Cole Foster, shortstop out of Auburn. So three out of their first five picks uh middle infielders shortstops technically so uh yes. well, we will be checking in on these guys the, you know the thing that i like about uh the the um when you do the draft is to sort of see where these folks end up because you remember a few years ago um uh, will bednar and i was able to go see his first ever start in san jose he only pitched uh, like one or two innings but you know, that was kind of a cool thing. It's like, oh, yeah, he's going to throw for San Jose. He's not going to pitch much, but, you know, it's it's already at the end of the year, and he's going to get a little you – know, get a little feeling out process. But if, like, all of a sudden, you know, Bryce Eldridge, they're like, yeah, you know, he's going to – in August, he's going to go to San Jose. I'm like, hey, I kind of want to see this dude. <laughs> so that's the fun thing is seeing where these these guys end up. But the one negative – we were talking about this on the last show about how the draft – is now around the all-star break rather than the month before is that it does push the starting dates out a little bit. It pushes them out. Yeah. And you know, where, so you may not see these guys actually play this year or they may go play in like the, the rookie league, like, like you had talked about. 
Yeah, one thing I've I've seen a lot in the quotes, Michael Holmes, who is the uh, Giants amateur scouting director, he has said uh, about a lot of the draft picks that, you know, this guy controls the zone. So the Giants are, are really heavy when it comes to the draft on on players who have a good uh, eye on the strike zone, understand the strike zone, know their strengths, know their weaknesses. Um especially with with um, Eldridge, uh, he did say in a quote that this is not a, a power guy who can hit. This is a guy who can hit and has power. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at that, that hit tool first, not your power tool. They're looking at that hit tool first, controlling the zone, making sure that this isn't just a free swinger who's getting bad pitches from college pitchers who are missing and throwing stuff right over the plate. No, they're they're you know, they're making sure that they're getting guys who who can control that and, and are, you know, laying off outside stuff, laying off inside stuff and getting their pitch and driving it. And and that that's just kind of been a big stress during this draft that I've seen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, we'll we'll know more about these guys in the near future. I'm sure there'll be more write ups. Um, you know, we'll learn about where where folks are going and, you know, Brad and I like to talk about out of the park baseball. And that's one of the fun things too, is you, you know, you get to do a draft in there and then you get to sort of see how high on their prospects lists of your team that those guys are, are then sitting. So there's a, you know, that's about, uh, that's what's really cool about being a loyal baseball fan to a specific team is you're just rooting for, you know, people who you may never even get to see play. You're just like, oh, I hope he's good. And then you get like a Hunter Bishop, unfortunately, who just gets injured. And he'll always be a name in the back of our minds of somebody who, you know, if his career turns out a different way, it could have been better. So, all right, let's end this. Um, let's end the show by talking about the uh, the predictions that we made that Brad has actually uh, checked out and updated and and uh and we're going to check in on those the ones that actually matter for right now because we did make some all-star game uh breaks stuff yeah and those i i kind of updated just kind of on pace and we don't have to go over those but we do have two that we had predicted that would happen by the all-star break so number one was casey schmidt because he was all the the rage and all the talk in spring training. Yep. Uh, w- was he going to be up by May first? Yes or no? And I said yes. You got that one right. I no, actually, he wasn't. Oh, so he I wasn't. Said yes. Yeah, I said yes, and you said no. You were correct because he came up eight days later. On oh, May 9th, I could have so. sworn that he that you had won that one. Oh my god. No. So I yeah. It, uh, the the prediction was May first. I almost went with May thirty first and and said June first or whatever, but yeah, because yeah, Buster so Posey came up on May twenty eighth. I remember exactly. That day. So exactly, I went with May first because I thought if the Giants were out of the box, cold, needed some hitting, needed some defense, um, that they were going to have a, a guy in Casey Schmidt that they could bring up right away, and that he would be tearing it up early in the minors. He was. And he was brought up, but we, I, I missed that one by eight days. Mm. I kind of got lucky on that one, I think. Yeah, well, no. I mean, well, yeah, I guess a little bit. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the next one was, will the Giants be in second or first place at the All-Star break? And I had to ask you on this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why you asked me the yeah, Exactly, yeah. because the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers are tied for first. And the Giants are right behind him, but technically they're in third place because if close though, either, yeah. If either the Diamondbacks or Dodgers drop a half game, then the Giants are in third place. So, um, I said no that they would not be in first or second place. I figured they'd be in third, kind of fighting it out. Uh, you said yes that they would be in first and second, and uh, of course the answer is no. They are in third place. That just shows you. In both scenarios, you had really good over unders because they were so close. Yeah, that's yeah, a, very that's good a and prediction to make too. Yeah, but right when off. you look at the ones for the rest of the season, I won't spoil them yet. Those are going to be off quite a bit. I'm looking at them now, <laughs> and they're not going to be pretty. <laughs> well, I can just know, throw them out there now. Yeah, just want. just so rem- you can remind people. All right, so Bryce Johnson steals over under. 30.5. Yeah. I said over. You said under. 
He's got three. <laughs> so, he's yeah. going to be Ricky Henderson in the second half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you got the under on that one. Starting pitchers used by end of the season. And that, that includes openers, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. if you started a game. Yeah. Over under of 12.5. We both said under. Oh, wow. And we're, we're at 10 right now. Wow. So we're probably only, losing that uh, one. Only three more starting pitchers and we're screwed. Uh, how about the Hanniger Conforto combined <laughs> home runs over under a 50.5? We both said over. Conforto's doing a half decent job of holding he, up his end of the bargain. He's got 13. Hanniger's got four. So we're at 17 right now. We got a ways to go on. Hanniger may end up with four, depending on yeah. what's back. And the San Francisco Giants win total over under 90.5. I said over. I predicted 94 wins. That's a long ways to go. You said under. Fan graphs right now at the All-Star break has us back up to 89. So, yeah, per- almost a perfect over season. under there for, again. Yeah, so very close. So we'll, we'll see how that one plays out. Giants can still go on a tear. They can win another 10 games in a row. All right, tomorrow or later today, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, is the All-Star Game. Where are you at with the All-Star Game right now? I'm looking at these lineups, Mm -hmm. and I will say the only reason I know that every player who is starting is because of the show. (laughs) If not for the show, I may not know all of these players. So thankfully, I'm, I'm playing the baseball video game, and that's helping me with my baseball knowledge, you know, you, there is you a, know, you, know, you know, these guys from fantasy, don't you? Uh, not really like, you know, not, I'm not that familiar with Josh Jung from the Rangers. Oh, come on. That guy was a, he was a, uh, a, a prospect a couple of years ago. Um, I know Jonah Heim because yeah. of, uh, because of the show, uh, Orlando Arcia, not that that familiar with him. Obviously, I've had him on my fantasy team twice this year, and I've uh, obviously know Corbin Carroll, young star Ronald Acuna yeah. Jr. Um, Dodgers have three guys hitting two, three, and four in this National League lineup. Um, but yeah, so you know the Rangers are they have like four, five starters, like ha- more than half of the starting lineup for the American League are Texas Rangers. Bruce Bochy is uh, very proud. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a fun game. I I think, I mean, you're going to see a lot of young players. You're going to see a lot of young faces of Major League Baseball. I'm excited. Um, I don't don't usually get super jacked for the uh, All-Star game. Usually we're on vacation because my birthday uh, um, a lot of times falls right around the week of the All-Star break. This year, I'll be on vacation the next week um, during my birthday. So, so that's good. So this, I'll actually be able to sit down and watch it. There's been two times over the past, I don't know, eight, eight or nine years where I've been in Hawaii during the All-Star game, which starts at 2 p.m. in Hawaii. <laughs> so I, it's like, I, you know, I'll, I'll be, we're at the beach and I'll just check my phone. And, and before I know it, I get back to the room to get ready for dinner and the game's over. It's just yeah. ending at like five o'clock. So. Um, I'll be home. I'm actually working from home tomorrow, so I'll be able, and it's on 4k, it's on 4k on direct TV. So I'll be able to pop it on right at the end of the workday. So that'll be kind of fun. Yeah. I want, I want to watch, um, my, uh, JJ's home now from, from Arizona. So trying to get him to come over and watch the game and, you know, we'll order in, we'll order some DoorDash for dinner and uh, hopefully, uh, hang out and watch the, the all-star game. But, you know, a lot of times just historically, as I've watched the game in the past, I would sort of like watch for like five innings, like go four or five innings. And then, you know, they take the starters out, the backups come in. And so, you know, watch Buster get his one at bat or his two at bats. And then I would just kind of be disinterested, but I guess because there, there are a lot of young players, you know, there is, it is a little bit more interesting and, you know, I want to see, I would love to see Alex Cobb get in there and throw pitches. That'll be fun if he actually gets the pitch. Yeah. You know, the fun thing they did last year, and I hope they kind of build on that was last year, the game was in LA at Dodger stadium. Um, Alec Manoa was mic'd up while he was pitching. 
So that mm. was really cool. They they were talking to him, and you know he would he would stop talking and then pitch, and he'd say, "Okay, you know," and he'd tell him, "He goes, okay, I'm gonna throw a cutter here. I'm gonna, you know, he wants me to throw, you know, down and away. So I'm gonna see what I can hit." Um, and so that was really fun. So I hope they do some more cool stuff like that tomorrow during the game because that makes it worth watching. It's an exhibition. You get inside the minds of these guys uh, while they're having a good time and doing something that they wouldn't normally do during the regular season. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do we have one final update of where we are in the home run derby before we get out of here? Yeah. So a Rosa Reina and Louis Bob. So they didn't change. So, okay. It looked like they were going to change from something I had read. They were going to change the um, seating after the first round, but they did not. So a Rosa Reina is going against Louis Bob, Luis Robert Jr. right now. Uh, and then you've got Julio Rodriguez is going to be taking on Vladdy, right? Yeah. So you got the six and seven seed on the other side, and that's where we're at right now. I still think Luis Robert can take this. Julio Rodriguez, though, looks pretty unstoppable right now. So yeah, Arozarena is huffing and puffing. He's, he's a tired yeah, he's, dude right now. <laughs> that, that, that's tough. You know, it when is. you're swinging, swinging out of your ass for, you know, three straight minutes and you only get one time out, that's tough, man. It is. I've uh, I've done a home run derby a couple of times in, in my lifetime. And, uh, but it was, you know, you didn't just keep going and going and going. You had like only 20, you know, 20 swings or whatever. to. Yeah, to that's when run. they had the swings. Remember yeah. the old... Uh, home run derby that they used to show on ESPN when we were kids. Oh yeah. Like you made the, the whole inning. Like everything is, yeah. a, if it's not a home run, it's an out. Yeah. So it was like Willie Mays against Duke Snyder or something. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was fun times. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We will be back next week though. You are out again next week. Correct. Yes, sir. Off to uh wonderful Las Vegas. Yeah. So Brad will be out. Yeah. I will try and find someone to bring on. I have a couple of people in mind uh, to do the show next week. So uh, it may not be on the same day. It may not be on Monday. It may be a different day, but I will definitely try to get someone on here to chit chat about Giants baseball. So uh, let's uh, let's send Brad some best wishes and love for his 50th birthday, Ooh, which is man. crazy considering we knew each other when we were in like our early 20s. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, so happy birthday, Brad. Uh, we will miss you next week, but we'll be back. We'll be waiting for you when you come back and we'll do something else with someone else thank next you, week. You. All right. Thank so you. for Brad, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. Hey, race fans. Justin Bell here, former racing champion and host of the new F1 podcast Drive to Win presented by Win Las Vegas. Join me on the show each week as you'll be swept behind the scenes for an immersive look at the culture, technology, drama, and glamour of Formula One. There's something for everyone, whether you're new to the sport or a lifelong F1 fan. So join us each week as we cover every twist and turn of the F1 season on the Drive to Win podcast. That's Win, spelled W-Y-N-N, presented by Win Las Vegas. Available now on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.